0: Mysteries abound if you are placed in isolated place far away from civilization. Not everyone can adapt to such situations. It takes an open mind and heart to accept your fate and deal with it in the hopes of becoming a better person. Which is what happened to Didi who was enrolled in an unconventional religious school by his parents not only he had to get used to his new surroundings, but also learned that not all situations require modern solutions. I am Wraith. This is Late Night Mysteries. Didi looked up from the Holy Quran he was reading, closing his eyes as he tried to memorize the passage by heart. His body perfectly still as his lips moved about silently, trying to keep the short verses in his memory. Hey Didi! Remy and I going fishing, you know. Want to join? I even got you a new rod! Lufty's grinning face appeared by the opened door of the hut. It's hard to say no to him, as his enthusiasm could be quite infectious at times. (sighs) Didi closed the holy book in front of him with a sigh. Here, he was trying his best, to live up to his promise to his mother, and yet the distractions this place offered sometimes is triple that of his previous school where he was kicked out for being too entrepreneurial by selling cigarettes to his schoolmates. Wah, wow. when did you find the time to carve out fishing rods for me? Shh! This one is from Ustad's Wadi's storeroom! We'll return it back at the end of the day. He won't know it's missing. Didi slipped on his slippers and closed the door of the hut behind him. He looked around. There were several similar huts like this scattered around the area. Served as lodgings for the students Most of it was deserted, as the occupants had gone home to be with their families for the term break. He chose to remain at the hut with Luftfeu and Remy, as he knew his own parents would be in Europe at this time of the year for another business meetings, so it seemed pointless to go home to an empty house. The trio walked by a small path in a single file in silence. Remy led the way as he had been there once with some seniors a few months back. Okay, we'll set up here. Should we be able to catch one or two good ones? At least we can eat something better tonight. I'm sick of biscuits and my own watery Milo. Didi and Lutfi agreed. They were sent to that place by their parents in the hope of turning them to become better individuals. It was hard at first as they felt that it was too primitive but Remy had welcomed them without prejudice and they had grown accustomed to the place with its style of spiritual teachings. Ah, this is life! I never thought it would be as peaceful as this. <sighs> Ludwig said as he fell back on the blanket and closed his eyes. The forest brook at the edge of the village serves as a good quiet spot for fishing and it was not long before he fell asleep. Didi and Remy stayed by their odds, near the brook, talking softly. The day wore on. They caught two big fish and decided to call it a day. On the way back, they stopped at a nearby village for some oil and matches. As Didi and Remy stepped out of the small provision shop with their purchases, Remy suddenly hollered across the path at Lutfi, who was standing some distance away. "Oh, Lutfi, who are you talking to? Come on, let's go back, it's getting late. Lutfi ignored them at first. He appeared to be talking animatedly with someone. But Didi and Remy could see that there was no one there. Losing patience, (whistles) Remy whistled loudly to get his attention and Lutfi finally looked at them. He then looked back towards the trees before realizing that he was actually standing alone. He quickly walked to them, smiling sheepishly but did not say anything. That night, after eating their fried fish and reciting a few verses of the Qur'an, Didi found himself nodding off to sleep. He awoke at midnight with a start when he heard the sound of their window pane crashing inwards, blown by a strong gust of wind. Remy was also jolted awake and they both stared at each other before realising that Lutfi was not at his usual place. He was huddled underneath the open window with nothing to protect him from the cold wind that blew in. Ish, this Lutfi, he really could sleep through an explosion. He rolled all the way here and still could not hear the windows crashing in. Remy complained as he leaned over Luffy's sleeping form to close the window above him. He peered out into the darkness and seemed to hesitate for a while before he quickly shook his head and slammed the windows shut. They dragged the still sleeping Luffy back to his mattress and promptly fell back to sleep. Somewhere in the wee hours of the morning, Didi was roughly awakened again. This time, Remy had a grim look and he was holding a torchlight in one hand and a kitchen knife in another. The door was wide open, and Lutfi was gone. Wake up! Lutfi is missing! Huh? Where did he go? Eh? Eh? What's with the knife? You going to a gang fight? You never know. Here, hold this. Where do you even get these things? Didier exclaimed as he examined the sturdy piece of wood, the size of a baseball bat that Remy had shoved at him. Shh! Don't ask so many questions. This is for my protection. Come on. Let's go find Luffy. They crept out of the hut and stepped into the darkness. Guided by the feeble light of Remy's torchlight, they scanned the surrounding area, the winds through the trees giving off creepy vibes. Didi shivered involuntarily and tightened his hold on the wood. the darkness, Ustazwadi appeared, making Didi and Remy gasp loudly in fright. Instead of scolding them for wandering out that late at night, he nodded grimly at them and gestured for them to stay behind him as he took a few steps forward towards the edge of the clearing where the path leading to the river was. He recited a few chosen verses from the Quran and the strong winds stopped. The silence that ensued was deafening. He called out Lutfi's name and true enough both Didi and Remy saw Lutfi at the foot of the path. He was alone. Ustaz Wadi called his name a second time. Lutfi turned. He was still sound asleep. His eyes were closed as he sleepwalked slowly towards them. Ustas Wadi signaled for them to make a circle around him as they guided him towards their hut. As he reached the steps, he collapsed. Luckily, Ustaswari was right there behind him and managed to catch his fall. They helped him back into the hut where he laid straight, looking like a corpse, if not for the fact that he was breathing steadily. closed the doors and windows as the wind picked up speed outside, making wailing noises as if to drown out their Quranic recitals. Ustaz Wadi steadily led them with verse after verse, keeping his voice steady and looked unperturbed by the disturbances. Remy, who had wisely hid the weapons near the entrance door, quickly jumped up to close the window when it flew open, but Ustaswadi held out his hand to prevent him from doing so. Instead, he stood up, calmly walked to the opened window and addressed someone or something outside. From his position, Didi leaned forward and peeped through the low opening and saw something that made his eyes widen. There were three girls in school uniforms standing side by side a few distance from the window. What in the world are these girls doing running around in the middle of the night? Did they run away from home or what? Did he mumble to himself? He was still musing when he was startled by Ustas Wadi's stern voice booming over the clearing. Go back! This is not your world! You don't belong here! Leave him be! Do not show yourself around here again! It was then that Didi realized that there was something peculiar about the three schoolgirls. Something that had deceived his eyes earlier. He saw that their uniforms were dirty, tattered and torn. Their hair appeared raggedy and their eyes were dark, hollow and soulless. They stood there staring at Ustas wadi before turning slowly walking towards the trees and disappeared into the darkness didi turned and caught remy looking at him he too had seen the girls and placed his fingers to his lips indicating that it was wise not to talk about this now both of them looked up at Ustas Wadi, closed the window and returned to seek prospect on the floor with them. Lutfi had turned to his side and slept on, blissfully unaware of the drama that had occurred around him. They had taken a liking to Lutfi. Next time, if you want to venture into the forest behind, first, Recite Quranic verses which I taught you. This world does not belong to men alone. Also, if you want to use my fishing rod, at least have the courtesy to ask. He explained as Remy turned red at being subtly told off for taking someone else's belongings without permission. Uh, I'm sorry, Ustaz. I won't do it again next time. Do you think they'll be back? I actually saw them earlier tonight but I thought they won't be doing anything apart from blowing the window open Remy asked, giving a weak attempt at changing the subject although the position he asked was fairly legit Ustaswadi Wadi smiled and concluded Well, I hope not, as long as we stay within our boundaries. If you guys want to go to the brook to fish, do let me or the other teachers know first. It's not safe to just wander off like that. Didi and Remy stared in silence as they stared at Luffy's peaceful, sleeping form, each lost in their own thoughts. The distance, a rooster crowed, indicating an end to their unforgettable night. What happened to Lutfi was just unfortunate. He did attract the wrong kind of attention, although he never asked for it. Remy should have raised the alarm first at the first sightings of the three girls, but instead he chose to ignore it and thought they would go away. They were lucky Ustaz Wadi was up that night to prevent further mishaps from happening. I am Rafe. once again. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you in the next podcast.